Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Company. All right, here we go. Silver 7's on this Thursday, our Thursday homes. Right here at the Bud Light Lounge. Adam Candy's alongside as a company. It's Cofield. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Let's do it. It's trending at three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Candy, I feel like Thursdays are always one of the wackier days, and today is one of those days that's real wacky in the sports world as we've now seen on back-to-back days, teams wait several days past Black Monday to get rid of their head coach, and today the news is in that the Texans are getting rid of David Culley, which is a bizarre change on so many fronts. The common thread, of course, Steve, is that the two organizations that we're talking about here, the Giants and Joe Judge and then the Texans with David Culley, is that you've got dysfunctional organizations that needed more time to, I guess in one case, get it right by firing Joe Judge, and in the case of David Culley, to clearly have made a mistake in keeping him around for one year, a year in which he exceeded expectations and wins four games with a nothing roster, and then they get rid of him. But should we really be surprised? Really? Easterby and Casario and the McNair kid, like we should not be surprised that this is the way they went about it. Here's uh, Tom Palacero from the NFL Network talking about David Culley and uh, his exit from Houston and what may have prompted it. There was always a sense that David Culley was a short-term solution for the Houston Texans, who, of course, hired a new general manager, Nick Casario, last year and also had an ongoing standoff that lasted throughout the entire season with their quarterback, Deshaun Watson. What was unknown was, would Culley get a second season? As you detailed, there was some frustration among players with a variety of issues, including in-game communication, in-game decision-making. Yep, same thing I saw leaked to the Houston media. In-game communication, one of the big reasons. He's a first-year head coach with an organization that has no stability and no way to support him. And yet, even with the in-game communication problems, David Culley managed to win four games, and he didn't do it with Tyrod Taylor for the most part. He did it with Davis freaking Mills. Look, if you don't want the guy there, make him the interim for the year. But the idea of hiring him as a permanent head coach and then canning him, at least he, according to Pelissero, gets a grand total of $22 million after one year to walk away from the Houston franchise because he deserves it. We will get into one of the other big elements in a little bit. One of those is the fact that this is a really quirky organization. It's Patriots-like in the, the Belichick footprint because a lot of these guys come from the Pats, but I'm not sure that the Patriots ran like this. So you mentioned Jack Easterby, who's preacher, motivational speaker, who has way too much influence on the organization. And then something I was watching and reading today is Nick Casario, the GM. You know, we just heard about communication issues, which, again, sounds like a plant to Palisaro. And also I saw at least one local guy radio guy in Houston talking about communication issues. That was one of the reasons. Game day communication was just was just terrible. You know that Nick Casario, the GM, is on the headsets throughout the game? He's actually part what? of the mix on the headsets. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How would you like to work for a boss in the NFL with your GM 
listening in and barking instructions because there were there was talk I think for the uh, Texans Patriots game if I have it correct there was some decision that needed to be made about you know letting the Patriots score to get the ball back or something like that I'll have to look into it read it real quickly just in the last forty five minutes but um, Cully as as the person said uh, Cully didn't seem to get the in game instructions that he was being asked to execute like wait this guy's coaching. And people are barking orders at him. And let's not make it sound like no one ever talks to a head coach in his ear. I mean, we talk so much about the analytics with a guy like John Harbaugh with the Ravens. There is an analytics person talking to him in his ear about decision making, but not his boss, not the general manager being on the line. My God, could you imagine like in baseball if Steinbrenner had been in Joe Torre's ear? with in-game decisions, bad enough that he could call down to the dugout if you wanted to. Nick Casario seems to have gotten all of the, let's say, secrecy, the uh, control issues of the Patriot organization, minus the talent. Now, uh, and if you're just tuning in, a eighth head coaching opening now exists in the National Football League. The Texans got rid of this guy, David Culley, who was a surprise hire at 65 years old. Out of nowhere, then the Deshaun Watson thing happens. Then Casario, the GM, is constantly trading players from out under him, right? He loses his roster as time goes along. Tyrod Taylor never gets healthy. We'll get to actually the biggest feather in Cully's cap is Davis Mills, who I think a lot of people laughed at as a viable starting quarterback option. I don't know if he is 100% moving forward, but he certainly showed some progress and was probably the second best rookie quarterback this year behind. Mac Jones, so Cully is out. Now, here's the interesting thing. Cully is really not and was really not a uh, – or not really a Patriots family guy. Brian Flores, who had, by the way, communication issues, according to some sources, Flores could be the guy now in Houston, as Pelissaro describes. Something else to change within the past couple of weeks, someone with an existing relationship with Nick Casario became available. That, of course, is Coach Brian Flores, who was fired on Monday in a surprise move by the Miami Dolphins. I would anticipate that the Texans are going to run a targeted search here. They are going to move swiftly. Certainly, Flores is one name to consider here as potentially the next coach again of the Houston Texans. I know Flores is a Patriots family guy. And I have no idea how deep his relationship runs with that Pats family and the GM, Nick Casario, and Jack Easterby. We're going to find out, I'm sure, tonight and tomorrow and the next day. Uh, more details on this one. Would you take that job? There are only 32 of these jobs in the world. And so if you're Brian Flores, will I take that job? Not until I exhaust all my other options. And if you're the Texans, I don't think you're going to have people banging down the door to get the job. So I think the, the Texans need to be prepared to be at the back of the line for Brian Flores. And uh, isn't it interesting, by the way, Cofield, just as a little aside, that David Culley and Brian Flores, two of the three African-American head coaches in the <laughs> NFL, were the ones yeah. who have things leaked out there about them to the media, about their yep. communication issues. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Weird how that works. Real weird. So we'll follow up on uh, more of the stories out there around the Texans now sending a coach to the unemployment line. Let me follow up on the Flores query 
Should Rich Basaccia's representatives be calling the Texans to get the job? No. Rich Basaccia already has a locker room that believes in him. And the hardest part, the single most difficult part for any NFL head coach is not the X's and O's of an offense or a defense. It is getting the guys, a group of millionaires, to buy into you. He has that with the Raiders. you got to run that all the way to the ground. More wackiness on the way on this Thursday. Like I said, it's a crazy sports day. We're hanging out here at Silver 7s. Happy hour has begun. Most of the drinks are 277 at two different bars, including where we're set up, the Bud Light Lounge. Kyrie Irving? Could be coming back to play full-time, that's right, even in Brooklyn where he's not allowed to play because he's unvaccinated. That's crazy. And then the images of Antonio Brown hanging out with Kanye and Madonna. What the hell? Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. They're super talented, well-coached, you know, and I felt that we didn't put our best foot forward, but at the same time, I don't want to take anything away from them because they beat us. You know, they did a good job, you know, stopping us and getting the ball from us and, and all those things. That'll be an exciting challenge for us. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Derek Carr getting ready for the game on Saturday. You know, there's some games tonight you hear about uh, CSN. Also, Lady Rebels playing tonight. You can watch the game on your view. I'll be on the call of that game against Boise State, UNLV Boise State, along with Matt and Everett. All right, weird Thursday. Texans have fired David Culley after one year. He was hired to be the leader of a tank. They tanked, and he got fired. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. It looks like the Nets in the NBA, Candy, have been pleased with the return so far with Kyrie Irving. If folks don't know, Irving sat out much of the season. They finally let him back so he could play on the road. He can't play in Brooklyn because he's not vaccinated per New York rules. Um, Now it looks like they may bring him back to play at home and just pay the fine. Man, oh, man, the Brooklyn Nets went from high and mighty and leading the charge for vaccination talking about doing the right thing for everybody on the team to oh crap we're playing terribly uh, we better go get Kyrie uh, come on guys come on you would have been better off just doing this in the first place if you're the Nets if if the, if the Nets all along were just going to realize at some point we're better with Kyrie you've always known you would be better with Kyrie So why is it different now? And why is it different in the middle of one of the worst parts of the pandemic over the last two years that now you might be willing to pay the $5,000 every time to have Kyrie come in? Because I gather the Nets probably would have been fine with paying $5,000 a pop to have Kyrie play right from the start. This is just disingenuous. This is just them having had a terrible start to the season with Kyrie out and James Harden getting hurt and Durant missing games in the COVID protocol and then realizing, oh, no, we're in trouble. You look terrible. It's it's a, it's an awful look. It's an awful choice. But you know what? In the end, it looks like it's what they're going to do anyway. Do they owe the community to set an example and not do this in the name of safety? They owe the community an explanation as to why they said they were going to do that in the first place and now have just said, nah. 
That's why they owe the explanation. If they decided to not play by the rules in the first place and just go with it and just say, you know what, we respect everyone's personal choice. Our job is to put the best basketball product on the floor. Then I think you can get away with it. But at the point where you had both the general manager and the owner going out there and saying, this is about the team. This is about the entire group. Well, what's it about now then? You know, Kyrie's a tough nut to crack because I don't think he's a dumbass. I really don't. Now, Antonio Brown, that may be another story. And I don't know if you saw what was going on recently with Antonio Brown, because you know right now he's scrambling. Like football, when he's in the football structure, that's his life. He's in the limelight, in the spotlight when he's healthy. Well, now football's gone. What has he been doing the last week or so culminating with his weird meetup yesterday at a place with Madonna, Kanye? I can only imagine what's happening here. You want to talk about a tough situation. Kyrie Irving might be a tough nut to crack. This is a tough situation to crack because you always have to have the stalking horse here of... Is Antonio Brown okay? Is he a well human being? And I don't think he is by any realistic measure. So it starts earlier in the week with the podcast and him going out there and, oh, Tom Brady's not my friend. And uh, yeah, why, you know, why is Gronkowski making more than me? And, and it's kind of spiraled for the last week or so uh, up until this point here. So it's a lot easier to look at Antonio Brown and say he's a clown. Because there have been parts of this whole episode where he looks like a clown. And I just, I can't get there. I can't get all the way to it. And I think in some way he ends up getting a slight amount of a pass because of that. That might feel undeserved. But because the guy is so clearly not mentally well in some way. I don't know how to judge it until we can find a way to say, hey, is he okay? And it doesn't look like he is. That said, there's a lot of athletes who are done with their sport who don't appear to be mentally well. Society only kind of deals with them and pays attention to them for a year or two, and then they're on their own. So, I mean, we're talking about a dude, what is he, 33? Right? I mean, this guy's got like 50 years to live. What the hell is he going to do? I mean, he's got enough money to live off that for a long time, but, you know, how does he, is he uh, <laughs> we'll according see. to him? I mean, if we want to look at the, you want to look at career earnings, I mean, Antonio Brown has made north of $70 million uh, in terms of at least money that was on his contracts. I think the guarantees were closer to 50, if I remember correctly. So I'm not here to spend, you know, I'm not here to count his money for him. I have no idea how he's spending it. But at the same time, in 2022, we have such keen awareness of mental health issues. And we look at Calvin Ridley, who didn't play all year. And we look at Naomi Osaka and we look at Simone Biles. And because all of them have handled it in an empathetic way, in a professional way, I think we look at all of them with a lot more respect than we do Antonio Brown when the fact of the matter is he seems to be mentally far worse off than any of them, in my very unprofessional opinion. We're going to take a break. I'm not feeling well. I feel like I got to get some blood flow going. So uh, during the break, I'm going to pop a Viagra. We'll come back and continue Cofield and Company. 
Daily happy hour starts at 3 with beers, well drinks, and margaritas, just two seventy-seven. Josh Allen listening. Can people get this message to him? Viagra. Take some Viagra for the game, baby. That'll fit that circulation going right. I don't have any medical background, so I can't. I don't really have a, a response to that. But you, you played, so the, you must know of, something. I, a lot of us take Viagra, right? Because Viagra opens up the blood Wait, vessels. So, a lot of us take Viagra. What do you mean? Stay young. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Mark Scott talking about Viagra for Josh Allen. By the way, I wasn't going to pop a Viagra during the break, but I was making reference to the story. Around NFL circles now, the discussion is there. Ari is just randomly screaming. You can just tell me down the line who the female on the cut was. It's not that big a deal. Just open your microphone. I don't think that's happening, Steve Cofield. Yeah. How dare me ask who's actually in a, an actuality that we play back. Nah. I, I know it was Bart Scott, and I know there was a female there. So oh, she's not a th- doctor. That's Diana Rossini. Was it Big Roos? Uh, yeah. Play it again. Let's see if we can. I'm kidding. We Just don't for that, you, you get no answer. Okay. Well, good, good deal. You fixed our wagon. So, have you heard of this before? I had not, and my initial reaction was, of course, wow. Uh, so, I did medical research like any good american i went to google there you go got the doc best travis, information possible doc travis dr joe rogan dr candy three p's and, and i learned from sciencedaily.com because science hey it's science daily uh that there are other uses for viagra other than erectile dysfunction uh and among the list pulmonary hypertension no uh, no Mountain sickness. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. What is this? Raynaud's phenomenon? Exposure to the cold triggers spasm of the small arteries that supply blood to the fingers, toes, or both. Both Viagra and Levitra have been helpful in clinical trials. Dr. Bart Scott might have cracked the code. That's amazing. Why, are so why have people... we not shared this earlier? Well, I was going to say, why are so many people shocked at this? Why are they shocked at this? I, yeah. I don't know that anyone has ever really done a deep dive on Viagra. Have they? In sports? Cofield, did you already know about I've, this? I've never, you're, I've never you're seen making, it. Now. No, you're making it sound like, uh, yeah, I know. And yes, it was. Big Roos, Diana Rossini was saying she's not a doctor. So, But apparently a lot of different football players are backing up Bart Scott saying that, yeah, this is done in the past. Now, the, here's the issue. I, I really, I had seen, what the hell was going on yesterday? We were, oh, you know what it was? It was going back to that whole conversation about crazy sports takes uh, that may actually make some sense. And one of the big sports takes yesterday that may make some sense is that if the Bills want to maximize Josh Allen's playing ability, ability to win games, they need to build a dome for the Bills because I guess he's, he's had blood flow issues in his hands and feet. So this all goes back to how do you fix Josh Allen's problem? Raynaud's phenomenon, because uh, I'm 
I know you just diagnosing him. Yes, no, I'm dying. No, I'm No, I'm I am diagnosing him. I'm not saying that the blood, you know, I don't know his blood flow issue is Raynaud's phenomenon. What I know is that Bart Scott made Damian Woody, Louis Riddick, and Diana Rossini all question whether the millions from ESPN are worth it in that <laughs> moment to have to try to answer Bart Scott going on very matter-of-factly. So I think what we need is we need whoever was the New York Jets team doctor to come on with Bart Scott and be like, Oh, yeah. I was never giving them the little blue pills for, you know, ED assistance. It was all for blood flow, right? I, th I think we could revolutionize the male enhancement industry, right? That creepy kid from uh, the Roman ads. He's on there with his dad. Like, I was having problems until I talked to my dad. I'm like, oh. I like, that's how uncomfortable. Why? Why can't Everybody we just on the ESPN show looked. Why can't we just communicate openly? Why does everyone have to go right to the gutter? To the gutter? To the gutter? They, they went to the one place that we knew about. Nobody knew. Uh, Cofield, I don't think there is one of us on this show who had any idea how Viagra works. I don't think anyone here was studying the pharmacological part to say, so hold on, I put the little blue pill in. And then whatever happens for the next four hours happens. And if I still have a problem, I got to go to the ER. We're learning. That's what the show's all about. That's why we're here. Constant curiosity. Uh, big viewing party going down this Saturday, 1 o'clock on, up at Sky Bar, West Sky Canyon Park Drive. One of the newest bars in town, one of the coolest bars in town. Ari from Cofield and Company. Yep. Ari's going to be up there hosting the party throughout the afternoon as the Raiders take on Cincinnati. Uh, you wear your Raiders jersey, you get your first draft beer for free. They're going to have $4 drafts, $5 craft drafts, $20 buckets. Ari will have prizes all the way up until 4.30. Uh, they're also a big VGK viewing spot uh, for gamers. They do a $100 giveaway uh, during the Vegas Golden Knights games, a free gaming giveaway. you got great drink menu. Top drinks include drinks like the Empress, Hey Ricky, the Bomb Pop, and Great, great selection on the menu. Looks outstanding. Lunch and dinner, you can enjoy the uh, brick oven chicken sandwich, the uh, rigatoni sausage, and also the uh, baby back stack, which includes half rack of ribs, baked beans, mac and cheese. Really dynamite place. Sky Bar is where Ari's going to be to watch the Raiders and Cincinnati. Bunch of prizes for you, but you got to show up. It starts uh, right at 1 o'clock. It'll go through 4.30 as Ari will be on the scene this Saturday at Sky Bar. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Silver 7's on a Thursday. Xavier Pope is in with us. Uh, lots of NFL stuff to get into, especially on the uh, coaching hiring front. Before we get to any of that, though, uh, what's going on with Suit Up News and what's going on with your Twitter spaces recently? Oh, uh, yeah, we've been we've been going going great uh, at Xavier Pope. New episodes of Suit Up News. And then you can also uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, that's the Suit Up News spaces. I've uh, been talking a lot about the upcoming election. Um, and uh, and so uh, but I'm going to get into a new issue that talks about COVID. The next episode of Suit Up News video is about um, COVID and how it's impacting the prison population. So. Um, it's, it's, and it's it's through my personal experience of working with clients and in, in, in on the social justice side and seeing like how bad it is. 
happens. So I'm uh, I'm super encouraged by what's going on with Twitter Spaces. First of all, it, you know it uh, backs up what I believe that radio of sorts is still the best medium, and what it allows is a lot more voices to get involved and. We need a lot more voices involved when it comes to the NFL and what's going on with the head coaches. We just saw Black Monday go down, and now we've got seven head coaching openings. So here we go again with the Rooney Rule and diversity. How do you think this is going to play out in the end? I, I, I think it's going to be status quo unless the NFL does something. Um, I know that we know that there are some changes in terms of incentivizing teams who, who promote diversity in terms of draft picks and things of that nature, but rewarding teams that do well, that's great. That's cute. But I think that it's it's time that teams start to feel some, some real pressure in terms of losing draft picks, not fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. No, you, you're losing first and second, third round draft picks if you uh, de- demonstrably show um, that you are not meeting a certain standard. You know, any, and any team can say they've met the Rooney Rule, right? So it needs to have a little bit more teeth in terms of its enforcement. Uh, otherwise, we'll continue to uh, see issues where you only have a couple guys that are coaching the National Football League. What happened to Brian Flores? Also, you also look at how does it impact teams that fire coaches that should not have been fired. Brian Flores should not have been fly, fired. Only team in NFL history to go went to win seven straight games after losing seven straight games. The way that the Dolphins finished was really promising. They had an often injured quarterback. You know, they said some issues potentially with that quarterback. Um, but I mean, I was comparing him on my Twitter space earlier this week um, on Monday to Joe Judge, but then Joe Judge turns around and gets fired. But Joe Judge deserved to be fired. Uh, he should have never been hired in the first place. Not saying I'm calling for anyone's job or anything of that nature, but. Um, we need to have a different standard. You know, the guys are either getting a quick hook like Flores or um, they're not a uh, Jim Caldwell. They're, they lose their job and they never get a, a second opportunity. The Lions have been trash ever since. Um, or they're not getting the opportunities like the, the, the Byron Leftwiches and the uh, and the, the Airbnb enemies um, and the Leslie Frazier's of the world. You know, we hear them getting interviewed, but are they really getting serious opportunities to to coach in the National Football League. I was listening to a broadcast, Steve, this past weekend. The guys were talking about, I forget this, this coach, who had a practice interview with the Jaguars. And, you know, it's this great. They're taking him through the process. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this should not be acceptable that you're on a game champion, uh, cheering on that a guy got a practice round mm-hmm. at being a head coach in the National Football League. You got guys like Joe Judge and Matt Rule getting jobs in the National Football League. I'm not exactly sure that it's truly nefarious what happens with the same hires over and over again. I think it's a system that's really broken. And we look at the Bears situation. Um, a lot of it is we've got owners who uh, the folks running in the clubs are the sons and daughters of super rich people. I don't know that most of them have ever really had a job with a rock bottom. So too often they hire people that they feel comfortable with. And like watching George McCaskey come out, and talk about his mom like everyone chuckled about it but it's it does kind of tell the story of the national football league like are the people doing the hiring even qualified to do hiring yeah and that's what it comes down to the the nefarious aspect of discrimination that's hard to hard to prove intent but nepotism hiring going with what you know that that look like you think like you um that's just an easy out um in in certain standards and and there, is, there aren't there aren't any majority African American or Latino coaches. I mean, sorry, owners 
in the National Football League. Uh, and that filters down in terms of the people that they hire. It'd be ridiculous to think that that's not impacting um, some sort of um, institutional bias over who gets the lead. We have a 70% black players in the National Football League. So the NFL is sending the message, you can be entertained or labor by the bodies of black players, but you can't be led by the minds of black coaches and general managers in the National Football League. Now, again, and I don't want to brand every son or daughter of an owner who's now taken over the team as a crumb because there are some there are some groups that do it well, right? I mean, obviously, the Bengals finally turned the corner here with Mike Brown. He's been a disaster before this. Uh, but, yeah, really, the Bengals haven't been overall that, that terrible. The Chiefs are a good example. But there are too often cases where we look up and the guy hired, you're like, wait, how did this person get this freaking job? Look at what the Lions have done since. Unreal. Been, look at their record when he was there. Look at their record after he's, he's been gone. They've been trash. We say that people talk a lot about And here's the thing. And I talked about this in Twitter, uh, Suit Up News Space earlier this week. It's not that when guys lose their job, they don't go back in their second opportunity. They get they go to a place where it's a really, you know, maybe a good NCAA job or good assistant coaching guy, job. Lovey Smith had to go to like the lowest possible program in the, in, in the Big Ten, other than Rutgers at University of Illinois. And once you go that far down, you're not coming back to the National Football League and being a head coach ever again. I mean, uh, look at what happened to Herm Edwards, man. Like, he has to coach Arizona State. Do you think Herm Edwards is ever going to coach in the National Football League ever again? No, he's not. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's not just not getting the opportunity. It's when you don't get the opportunities that will help get you back to a position that you can get a head coaching job and the National Football League ever again. I just think that it's a variety of different ways that uh, the system needs to be changed and needs to be worked. Uh, on the football front, I thought we got treated to a pretty good national title game with Georgia and Alabama. Uh, for some yeah. reason, I, I stayed on the main feed with Kirk Herbstreit. I'm not sure why I did. I'm going to have a tough time watching him without often thinking that Kirk Herbstreit is actually anti-player, and I'm not sure why he's on the broadcast if he's anti-player. Kirk Herbstreit is a joke. Um he gets on. I mean, he spent so much time during Monday's broadcast going in on uh, name, image, and likeness for players, uh, talking about the transfer portal and the ability for players to negotiate for their rights on and off the field. Uh, why is it such a big deal to you, Kirk Herbstreit? And he praised Georgia keeping guys around. He praised another player and the fact that he did he. he you know, he stuck around behind other players to play. And this is America. You know, it's all it's so interesting. These same people will talk about, you know, you need to respect the flag and you need to be able to uh, uh, support the troops and all that. But when you exercise the, the American value of capitalism, now you have a problem with the curve, curve street. Um, just because players didn't have to have better opportunities than when you were playing, that doesn't make necessarily mean that they shouldn't take advantage of it. And frankly, you're taking advantage of capitalism right now because I don't see why anyone even watches the guy. Um, he's hard to watch. I, I have to listen to games on mute when I know that Kirk Herbstreit is involved with the broadcast. Uh, and, I, and I, okay, it was the great game until the end, but I don't want to see two teams from the same conference in the national championship game. You got knocked out in the in the 
in your your conference championship, you're out of there. The, the, the otherwise you are running a system. You know what about that form of capitalism? You know, Kirk Curve Street. You know, you, only the big boys get to play. We know, saw us. Yeah, I know what happened in Cincinnati, so on and so forth. But guess what? Teams need deserve the opportunities to play on that level so they can create and build bigger programs so that they can compete against the big boys like the uh, like the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world, yeah. Ohio States. By the way, his NIL, because he, he groups together NIL and, and Transfer Portal, and, oh, these teams are focused. Uh, first of all, Saban was the one who was using NIL and trumpeting the fact that his quarterback had deals upwards of a million dollars. So Saban is fine with NIL. And the other thing Saban's fine with, uh, the Transfer Portal, there are players on both rosters who came in from other schools, and the story that never gets talked about, coaches actually use the transfer portal not only to bring in players, but they also tell players, Xavier, to hit the bricks. Because Alabama, right after the game, the next day had seven players in the transfer portal, and in all likelihood, all seven were probably told by the staff, led by Saban, you know what, we're not going to need you. But that's that part of the story is never covered, that it ain't always like this disloyal kids thing, or yeah, they have no patience, they don't want to fight. Sometimes the coaches, and you know what, I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, this is kind of a hardcore thing, but uh, we both went to Rutgers. Listen, I like Greg Schiano. He looked at his offensive line. He's got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores that were just okay and didn't play great. Uh, he just brought in four offensive linemen from the transfer portal. You think they're going to have 25 offensive linemen on the roster? No, they're going to tell eight of them, get the hell out of here. So there's that side of it as well. And do I have a big problem with that? I mean, I'm a little uncomfortable. I hope all the kids land somewhere where they can still get a scholarship, a good education, you know, benefit from football. But that is the ugly side of the transfer portal. Great point, Steve. Uh, the transfer portal is not just a free agency wire. It's a, it's a waiver wire. Um, and yep. I think that people need to recognize the fact that it is a data database of players that are available to transfer another institution. You don't actually have to stay in the transfer portal. You can, you can leave the transfer portal and go back to the institution that you were playing at. Um, and, you know, obviously, granted, uh, there's a couple of other conditions depending on what the player situation is. But, uh, I, of course, someone like Nick Saban loves the transfer portal because he gets to see players that he can get and stockpile. If you're a big-time college coach, you love the transfer portal. I mean, everybody wants to play at an Alabama or Georgia. You're not you're not putting yourself at a disadvantage by yeah. the fact that players can play. He's got a new running back coming in from the transfer portal, and uh, one of his best linebackers came in for the transfer portal. So Kirk Herbstreit cut it out with the anti-NIL and anti-player and anti-transfer portal stuff. Um, flipping things uh, completely into a different direction, Xavier Pope is with us, legal analyst. Cultural expert, expert on everything, right, uh, out of Chicago. Boy, oh, boy, this is going to be really interesting. Should the Nets just pay the fines in New York and let Kyrie Irving play in these home games? Or as a local organization, do you have a responsibility to throw out a certain image that safety comes first? <laughs> you think professional sports care <laughs> about any of this stuff? They were the first is institution that tried to go back to normal and do whatever they possibly could. The Brooklyn Nets then brought back Kyrie Irving after saying they wouldn't bring him back because they were short of players. Uh, and you see what the results have been since he's come back. And if it's a, one, it's a thousand dollar fine for the first defense. You get to the fourth defense, it's five thousand dollars. That's mere pittance. You t if you multiply that time, how many home games that are left for the 
for the Nets. I mean, that's uh, that's some staffer salary, man. Like <laughs> it's for the team. This isn't this isn't a lot of money at all. If you're you're the Brooklyn Nets, you pay it, you move on, and you get a player on the court that can play, uh, and it's and it's and time to get you revved up for the playoffs and try to win a championship and then prove people wrong. He, who said that you couldn't have these three guys together to win the championship or you couldn't have Kyrie Irving that thought wouldn't play all year winds up coming in playing. And so um, they are in a tough fight right now with the, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls for the top of the Eastern Conference. And of course they're going to pay it. Why wouldn't they pay it? Uh, it doesn't make sense that they wouldn't pay it. It is a mere pittance for a billion dollar franchise. Lawsuit time. This one's really interesting. Apparently, Drake is being sued by a woman, and I'll try to be delicate here, uh, because she claims that uh, her private parts were injured by hot sauce. This was hot sauce that Drake apparently pours into used prophylactics to uh, kill off whatever he has to prevent any sort of um, stealing of his goods, and apparently she tried to steal his goods, and she was damaged by the hot sauce. Does she actually have a chance in this lawsuit? I don't think that she has a chance at all, Steve. I mean, the reason why you wear a condom prophylactic in the first place is so that you don't have sperm going into the, the, the person that you're having sex with. Right. So if someone takes, I mean, that, so if you intentionally take, it's like stealing sperm almost. <laughs> is that, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that actually a, is once you throw something in the garbage, can you steal garbage? Of course, you can steal garbage, but um, that means that if you, if you steal garbage, that means it's been discarded, um, which means you no longer have it's not no longer your possession anymore. So, mm, all right, this is getting complicated. This is getting complicated now, right? Once it's, so, if it's no longer your possession anymore, someone's injured by your garbage, hmm. then it's okay. It's yours. You own it. It's, it's uh, you know, and you also have hey, you have to prove it. It prove it's 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 Drake's. <laughs> like, how do you prove that it is? It's his because one of the elements of a lawsuit, um, you have to lay a foundation. You have to be able to have someone prove, have an expert say this is Drake's sperm, um, and you have to go through that process. Um, for, for, for I, I did not say how ridiculous this actually is. On whose part, stealing it or Drake having like a whole bevy of hot sauces in his bathroom ready to go and ready to shake it in? All, 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 all of it. If you think that someone is going to steal your sperm and become your hot sauce baby, I mean, you got you, you're you're with the wrong person. Like you should really, <laughs> really take stock of, your, of who you're having sex with. If you think they're going to use your condom, and, and, and why would you keep the hot sauce? Just. Have a way to discard of their prophylactics so that someone doesn't use them. You know, pour them out in the sink or something, or pour them on the toilet or something. You know, uh, have a, a little baggie that you carry with you that you keep use condoms in. I don't know, but whatever it is, the fact that you have to keep hot sauce—that's a—that's a perfectly waste, good waste of a really, really great condiment. By the way, hot sauce. <laughs> I put that on everything. It is oh. good. <laughs> Apparently, uh, so does Drake. He puts it on everything. Uh, last one. Let's close on this with Xavier Pope. You know, I talked about responsibility of, uh, you know, the Nets and the community. And you know, if they say, screw it, we're just going to play. The guy who's unvaccinated will pay the fines. Um, we might have a Rodman North Korea thing, like, uh, unfolding here. I, I don't know if it's going to be that. But uh, Kanye seems to be cozying up with Russia. 
Is there something wrong? Is there something wrong with him doing that? No, it's not. Uh, he's a free man. He's he can go do whatever he wants. Kanye looks at himself as borderless, boundaryless, colorless, hatless. Uh, that's who Kanye looks at himself as, and no one can tell Kanye how to be Kanye but Kanye. Uh, but on the flip side of that, Kanye uh, West, uh, he was involved in, in with some of the people who he's getting involved in. You know, you got to be careful. Um, you know, especially you leave America and go to a place like Russia, um, considering how um, Putin has treat, treated some of the people that are there. Uh, and be careful. I just say to Kanye, just be careful dealing with these people, man. You know, these people don't have your best interests at heart at all. And the fact that he would say that he's going to, but through a representative say he's going to live there, it's going to be his second home. Why would your second home be Russia, man? Like, out of all places in the world, like, you're going to go to Siberia? Like, what are you going to do? I mean, I I don't understand the 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 fascination of, I want to go to where people are most hated or most by, reviled. And I want to tap into that. And I want I want to feel the 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 energy of that like what is the motivation for that um there's so much better uses of his time been doing that in my opinion but hey to each his own man all right xavier i'm hitting the road a couple of times the next few weeks so one of the things i like to do on the road is buy uh, quality hot sauces so i'll try to package some up get you a little shelf and you can have that second hot sauce set up in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> nice appreciate it man. there you go see you next week Follow Xavier at Xavier Pope up on Twitter. Check out his Twitter spaces and especially suit up news. Let's get back into the Raiders and Bengals game coming up. You know, Daniel Carlson just won another AFC Special Teams Player of the Week award. So let's lean on an expert, former Raiders long snapper, John Condo is coming up on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.